My name is Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Since before I even recorded the first episode of this podcast, I had one intention. I wanted it to be an escape. An escape from you looking ahead to a Monday you've been avoiding all weekend. An escape from a family argument that occupied a lot of your emotional energy. Hell, even an escape from a playlist that you've been listening to every day on your way to work. And while we need an escape more than ever right now, I'd be remiss if I didn't use this platform to stress the importance of self-quarantining and social distancing during the outbreak we're all facing. Now more than ever, our personal and professional lives are going to feel a little uncomfortable. We've had a departure from our norm, and it's something we all feel on some level. But even now, we're not doing enough. We need to each have an understanding of our role, and it'll be one of the simplest roles we ever play in our lifetimes. Stay home, maintain your distance when you're forced to be in public, and wash your hands. While we all try to stay safe from the comfort of our own homes, there's a bigger problem at hand. Play your part and encourage others to do so too. While organizing for this week's episode, I have to admit that I wasn't exactly inspired. I saw a tweet the other night that said, it's okay to not feel creative right now. It struck a chord simply because it was something I was feeling, but not something I had yet to admit to myself. There's somewhat of a social pressure to make the best of the situation at hand. And while I'd like to encourage you all to do so, I'm also completely understanding that some things just aren't made to have the best made out of them, particularly global pandemics. If you're like me and you feel yourself caught somewhere between uncertain and scared, but all the while relieved that you're safe, know that that's okay. Do what you need to do to feel your best and take the time you need to do whatever it is that will put a smile on your face, even if it's just waiting it all out. As for me, I thought that this week would be the perfect week to take some questions from you, the listeners, So let's not waste any more time and just jump right in. What's your take on minimalism, or at least taking steps to live more minimally? I've always tried to take a minimalist approach to things, but I don't think I could ever be considered a minimalist. Frankly, I'm not all that well versed in design as a whole. I know what I like and I simply surround myself with those things. But during my tenure at an old job, I started taking a liking to one designer who in particular has completely tailored my minimalist taste, John Pawson. He's a British minimalist designer born in Halifax, England, whose imagination knows no bounds. A simple Google search of him will reveal the exact type of minimalist aesthetic that I would like to achieve should I ever decide to go that route. His architecture, his panware, and everything else please the eye no matter the situation. And the best part, he even has a minimalist cottage in the Cotswolds that you've probably unknowingly seen on Instagram. As for tiny houses and modified vans when it comes to minimalist design, well, they're fine, but they're just not for me. When it comes to the space surrounding me, Well, more is, it's more. What are the best ways to scent your apartment without a candle and a flame? Well, I'm not exactly well versed in this as I am with scented candles. I do have two alternatives that I've been meaning to get into for literal years now. The first is fairly simple and something you've most definitely heard of before, incense. While it's not exactly an original suggestion, it's a viable and inexpensive way to replace your scented candles, but still get something pungent enough that it makes an actual effect on your place. I know incense has long been associated with people trying to cover up the smell of weed, but new brands are popping up all over the place and they're definitely changing the stigma that surrounds it. Alternatively, we have diffusers. If you're unfamiliar, they're pretty simple. It essentially looks like a small bottle with long, damp sticks popping out of it. While it's not as pungent as incense will be, it will linger for longer periods of time and takes very little maintenance or cleanup. Unfortunately, a lot of scented candle companies also have both options for candles and diffusers. So if you've got a scent that you like, you can still stick with it. It's a win-win for everybody. What is one thing you've wanted to implement into the Sunday Scaries podcast that you just haven't yet? 
Recording Sunday Scares has always been a big experiment for me. The format of the podcast itself was an experiment that paid off for me, and ever since the first episode, I've enjoyed tinkering with elements of it in hopes of improving it. When I take a step back and look at the podcast from a listener perspective, I have various conflicting thoughts about it. Do I want to make it longer, or do I want to leave listeners wanting more? Should I record episodes that aren't for Sunday release, or does that water down the content overall? Should I do more interviews, or is the original narrative format what makes it unique? I don't think there are right or wrong answers to any of those questions. If anything, I think you can answer them in both ways and still be right. But that's what makes this so fun. And when it's all said and done, all I can do is thank everyone for allowing me to experiment alongside you listening. And for those times when the experimenting doesn't work, it's you who needs to hold me accountable. What about the current situation is most anxiety-inducing? What's the most comforting? While I didn't want to answer many questions dealing with COVID-19, this particular question struck a nerve with me in a good way. Whether it's the news or in a family group text, everyone has suddenly become a doctor or expert on a virus that we're all still learning about every single day. My anxiety regarding this has stopped stemming from the virus and has now manifested itself in the actions that those around me are taking. Are my loved ones taking the necessary precautions? Are people taking this as seriously as they need to be? Am I taking this as seriously as I need to be? The virus is here and it's not going anywhere anytime soon, so all we can do is control our individual actions. The idea that some people are still not taking it seriously after the devastation we've seen in Italy and China, well, it's concerning and something that I simply can't shake. But as for what comforts me, it's kind of in that same breath. For the first time, as long as I can remember, we have a united front. The awareness for the virus is there, and it's all any of us can think about. I take comfort in knowing the fact that there are people out there risking their lives to help the sick. I take comfort in the fact that the streets are empty and people are finally listening. I take comfort in that at the end of the day, we all want to remedy this even though we don't truly know how. Even though a significant portion of the population isn't taking it nearly as seriously as they need to be, there's a shift that's bringing everyone to that point. And all of us reaching that point will be what ultimately limits the number of new cases home and abroad. It's up to us and only us. So do you drink iced coffee year round? Do you think it's acceptable for people to drink hot coffee year round? A few episodes ago, yes, I explained my affinity for drinking iced coffee year round. Maybe it's because I can't drink hot drinks until they're lukewarm, or perhaps it's because I'm an avid ice chewer, but yes, I drink an iced coffee no matter the month. As for the year-round hot coffee drinkers, well, I'm not here to judge. None of you jumped down my throat for touting the cold drinks, so I'd be stepping out of line by doing that to you. Just know that if you ever hand me a hot cup of coffee, I'm going to immediately remove the lid and wait about 10 minutes before I take a sip. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually guys just brush it off or blame themselves saying things like, I just lost my mojo. Or they avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com scares and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com scares to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash scaries for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash scaries. And now for some more questions. 
when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you guys ever have to do a when I grow up speech in fifth grade? We did. It was a two-minute speech that was unsurprisingly about, well, what you wanted to be when you grew up. Across the entire school, every single student would write their speeches, deliver them to their respective classes, and the best from each class competed school-wide. While I never made it to that big competition, I got second place in my class for my speech about wanting to be an Imagineer at Disney. Like any kid, I was obsessed with Disney movies. Aladdin, The Lion King, The Mighty Ducks franchise, pretty much everything. With my parents knowing that, they did everything they could to stoke the fire I had for it, namely buying me books that could help me recreate the drawings I loved the most. One Christmas, I got a book on Disney's Imagineers, the men and women who make Disney tick. Everything from animating to creating new theme park rides, essentially they're the people who research and develop ideas for Disney, any kid's dream. But as it turns out, I'm not all that big into math and my drawing skills have dwindled since high school. But as long as I can be doing something creative with my time, with Disney or not, I'll be just fine. What are your top five work from home desk essentials? For all the work from home questions I received this week, I thought this one served as something I hadn't already covered before in previous episodes. The first would be a good playlist. I'm a big fan of jazz and I always have been, which is why I have one single jazz playlist on Spotify that I listen to pretty much on loop. It's called Ipanema, I-P-A-N-E-M-A, and it's nearly 10 hours long, which means you can go the entire workday without hearing the same song twice. Second, noise-canceling headphones. Working with other people around can be distracting, so a pair of headphones is essential. Even if you're alone, putting on headphones allows you to get hyper-focused and zone in on your work. Third, coffee. A lot of it. Making coffee, or even the smell of it from my apartment, is a brief reprieve from work. At home, coffee is almost always better than office coffee, so embrace it as much as you can while you have the chance. Next, you have to have a single dedicated spot to work from. I won't get on my high horse about working from the comfort of your couch because that's what I do, but having one single spot allows you to be able to sit down and focus more than you would if you just bounced around the apartment or house. And once your work for the day is done, stand up, shut your laptop, and walk away. And finally, something that may be difficult to acquire if you haven't already, a dog. My dog Rosie is by my side at all times when I'm working. She allows me to distract myself in times of need, and she forces me to go outside once every few hours for a much needed her time. And while I don't always want to take her out to go to the bathroom, the time spent away from my computer with her is something I can't take for granted. If you made a Sunday scary scented candle, what sense would it have? What color would it be? What would it be called? A question I've thought long and hard about. I've been very blunt about my want for Sunday scary scented candles, but the pieces haven't really fallen into place yet. My two favorite candles happen to be two polar opposites. One is considered to be a manly scent with leather, tobacco, and oak, and the other is a little more fair with amberwood, vetiver, and cedarwood. And for me, I think I'd skew in the latter's direction. I'd want to create something with roots in my hometown, so spruce or pine needles, while also triggering memories of being in a relaxing spa with cucumber or vanilla. I do worry it may turn out smelling like an upscale gin martini, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. Only time will tell. What are your top five brands right now? Any brands in any industry can be included. Because this question is so all-encompassing, I'm going to do myself a favor here and only discuss brands that I'm currently using or wearing products from and not brands that I admire from afar. The first, I'm a Leon Dor. I've become obsessed with their t-shirts and have started wearing them as a uniform of sorts. Expensive, yes, but I have yet to donate any of their clothes due to becoming dingy, so the price has kind of been worth it for me up to this point. I've also been wearing Lululemon joggers as if they're going out of stock forever. Light and comfortable, I've almost made a full transition to them over any other jogger or sweatpant company. Moreover, during this self-quarantine, I've also understood the value of great cookware. 
If you remember in late 2019, I had Maiden co-founder Jake Kalick on this podcast and have been loving their cookware ever since. Luckily for me, he hooked it up on the day of recording. But with the possibility of being self-quarantined for weeks down the road, it's about time to re-up. Additionally, the one thing that's kept me sane this week is the Peloton that my now wife bought on a whim. I didn't realize it at the time, but it's been a saving grace when I need to take my mind off the rest of the world. Scenic rides have proven to be my favorite, but the classes also work too. Your choice. And finally, decoy wine. High-end, but still moderately priced. It's been my go-to wine selection for the better part of seven years. And during times like these, you better believe that I'm stocked up. Do you have any tips for moving in with your significant other? Oh, do I? There are a lot of tips out there that you could simply look up online, so I'll just give a takeaway from when I moved in with mine about a year and a half ago. Simply put, don't let the idea of living with someone else take away from your own personal interests. Whether you were living alone or with another roommate, it's likely you got used to doing certain tasks or hobbies without someone constantly by your side. You had boundaries, and boundaries are a good thing. Those boundaries get blurred, though, when you move in together. Don't let their presence stop you from doing the things you love doing alone. Maintain your hobbies, be selfish in times when you need to spend some time alone, and don't worry about always being by their side physically. It may seem difficult at first, but I promise you'll enjoy those boundaries down the road. How do you feel about wearing a cardigan with sweatpants? You mean my go-to outfit throughout most of this winter? I bought what J. Crew calls a wool bomber last winter on a whim. It's a thick sweater and it resembles a cardigan as much as anything else, and it's something I've worn regularly with joggers. I even bought it another color, forest green. While I wouldn't suggest wearing it to the office, it's a perfect look for running to the grocery store or grabbing coffee in. I've definitely never had anyone remark negatively about it, but they're probably just judging me silently in their head, which you know, I'm pretty okay with. Have you ever broken up with a friend, and if so, how did you do it? Yes, we all have, even if we haven't realized it. Breaking up with friends isn't something that always feels like a normal breakup. Sometimes you drift apart, sometimes you have a falling out, and other times it's just somewhere in between. I'm not big into confrontation, not because I'm afraid of it, but because it isn't always necessary. People change, yourself included. And whether they're changing for better or for worse, that shouldn't be something that you let affect your quality of life. But because of my distaste for confrontation, I've been in the camp of letting the dust settle however it feels as though it should. I won't ignore text, but I also won't be eager to engage in a long conversation that neither of us necessarily want to have. Sometimes friendships serve their purpose for a defined amount of time and no longer than that. And that's okay. As long as you look fondly upon your time with them in the past, you've made it out ahead. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at SundayScaries and Instagram at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at WillDefreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.